This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in every profession and lifestyle. Whether you're at home, in the office, or in the cab of a truck, we help power you on the road to success. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. We especially love to feature women who've been trailblazers, as well as celebrities. Many of our guests have had multiple careers. Comedian Karen Morgan is one of them. She's a former trial attorney who decided to give up the courtroom for the comedy circuit. The Athens, Georgia native began her comedy career as a finalist on Nickelodeon television's Search for the Funniest Mom in America. She was a huge hit, and she pulls off clean comedy like a master. Audiences love her hilarious commentary on all kinds of topics, like a trip back to a time when rocks were pets, carpets were shag, and bike seats were bananas. Karen is open for Stephen Wright and Jeff Foxworthy. Her TV appearances include comedy shows like Gotham Comedy Live, and she's had two comedy specials on Dry Bar Comedy. One's called Rub Some Dirt On It and Go Dogs. She's been in national TV ads for companies like Walmart and for products like Zyrtec. Karen can be seen in performing arts centers around the country, and she's got an audio album called Cocktails in Pajamas that's now available on streaming platforms. Karen lives in Maine and says she misses Waffle House very much. For those who don't know, Waffle House came from Georgia. I personally love Waffle House, too, especially their cheesy hash browns. <laughs> Welcome, Karen. Thank you well, for being on the show with us. This is so cool. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, and I'm also glad you're a fan of Waffle House. We, we will get along famously. Great. What do, you, what do you think of their cheesy hash browns? I get plain hash browns. I'm a, I'm a purist from the hash brown order. I have a specific order I get every time I go. Uh -huh. um, just a little trivia. There are 438 Waffle Houses in the state of Georgia. So I think I've been to all of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I've only been, I think, <laughs> to maybe three in my <laughs> lifetime. So I've got a lot of catching up to do there. Yeah. Well, I've be, never been. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a acquired taste. It's a, it's a luxury being on the road and um, you know, I'm working my, my way up to a heart stint. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Karen, you are so funny. I watched a number of your shows online. You just got a tremendous perspective. My question is, is how do you go from a trial attorney to a comedian? Well, I have to tell people there was a little bump in the middle and it's called having three kids in three years. So okay. Okay. Um, I was practicing law and doing a lot of trial work. And then um, after my first son was born, I went back to work. And then when my daughter was born, um, I said, you know what? I don't know that I want to do both of these things. I didn't really want to leave my kids 
um, you know, at a nanny with a nanny or a babysitter, I was like, you know what? I really do think that if I, if I have to give up one thing, I'd probably rather give up the trial work and make sure my kids are going to be okay. So I ended up doing, and then, and then I had my daughter the next year and it absolutely solidified the decision. And I tell people though, I am, you know, very blessed to be able to be in the position that I was able to stay home with my kids. Cause not everybody is. And I recognize that, but um, had I not done that though, I don't think I would have ended up in the comedy world because it took sort of my, my, uh, my brain falling out of my head a little bit as, as a full-time parent to go, Oh, this is, <laughs> life is very funny. Maybe, maybe other people are having this funny experience and that's what happened. Well, I think moms have to have a good sense of humor. Oh God. You ha- <laughs> if you don't, you're not going to survive it. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, children really are a serious training ground. Oh, well, you know, I think what it, what I find, and particularly even, even now, my kids are grown, they're in their twenties and, you know, it's, it's common life experiences, whether it's marriage, parenting, dating, um, just going to the grocery store, just sort of driving in traffic every day. We all have very shared life experiences and, you know, I do try to find the humor in it. And I love when I write something and I, and I get comments back, which is the wonderful world of social media now is, you know, I can talk to people and they say, Oh, this happened to me too. And, you know, it's just, I find it's a wonderful world of shared experience. And when you think you're having a tough day and then you share it with somebody else and they have a similar one, and then you can both laugh about it. That's kind of why I do what I do. That's really, I think the way we can survive life. Yes. Humor is so good for us. Yes. I mean, it it gets us all through the day. It's really, Mm -hmm. again, humor and again, shared experience that, you know, you're not alone when Mm -hmm. you're, when these weird things are happening to you. And and if you can find them funny too, Hey, even a bonus. Those endorphins. That's, that's what we need. And I think aren't humans the only species that actually laughs. Although I I swear my cats laugh at me. sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm I'm not a scientist in in, in that or anthropologist, but you know, I don't know. I've, I've seen some pretty funny uh, orangutans that look like they were laughing, you know, on on different (laughs) videos. You see enough memes and videos. You think, I don't know. I don't we might not be alone. Yeah. Well, Maybe the animal. Pretty sure to... my, my daughter's bird laughs at her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had a cockatiel that actually could mimic the phone. I remember answering the phone, nobody was there, and I happened to look at the cage, and he was just rocking back and forth, like, ha ha ha. It was great. So, yeah, I think he probably had a sense of humor. And, and maybe yeah. some animals have to laugh at humans because they look at us and say, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Karen, I'm curious how you evolved uh, being a trial attorney and being able to transition into comedy. You must have had a sense of humor to begin with. And would you say that a sense of humor is kind of important when you're in the courtroom or? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think a sense of humor is important in every job to start with, every single job. And definitely um, you can. In, if you're if you're in the middle of a courtroom and something funny happens, you don't necessarily get to appreciate it or laugh out loud like you could in other uh, other forms of business. But um, I think I evolved mostly. I, I have to say I didn't start doing stand up until I was 40 years old. Okay. And I think that may be one of the keys to my my comedy is that if you've had enough birthdays, you, you're less self-conscious about anything, quite honestly. Sure. And, and, you know, in terms of my comedy writing, which is a big part of this business, um, you have to have life experience to draw on. So the, the evolution of coming from the trial 
the trial work to stand up, it wasn't really that big of a leap in terms of, you know, it's still written word. Um, it's still a performance based thing where you're talking, it's public speaking. And so um, I was already comfortable you know, on my feet in front of people speaking. Mm -hmm. And I was comfortable with the writing process. I just had to learn a different kind of writing. Um, sure. Comedy writing is very different, but you know, I, I really do enjoy it. And now that's why I've been doing this longer than I practice law that I'm, I just enjoy the whole process. Well, it's got to be more fun. And when you're on stage, you don't have to worry about uh, whatever you say. You could be held in contempt, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, wor no worries about judges at all or juries. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we've gotten past vaudeville, so people don't throw things from the audience. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find your humor is so relatable. And I think that's where women really enjoy you. Would you say you have a lot of women that come to your shows? Yes. You know, I would say it's probably it, to the live shows, 75%, 80% women. Um, but there's a lot of couples, you know, there's a lot of uh, pe people on date nights and that sort of thing. So it, it's, it's not just all groups of women. However, I do say that, you know, if, if you have a show and you advertise it correctly and women bring their friends, you're going to sell it out because women move mountains in terms of getting a night out to laugh. So um, I'm always appreciative when I see large groups of women together that come to my shows. It's so important. And I think we're seeing more and more women getting together. I think that uh, when they can network, they can find something that is relatable, that can strengthen them, which mm -hmm. is what our show's about. We're, we yeah. like to empower and inspire women. And I love the fact that you started your second career, if you will, at the age of 40. I think women are told for some reason, uh, maybe more in North America, that by the age of 40 or 45, everything's just going to go south. You might as well just forget it. And we, we doubt ourselves when, in fact, we're coming into our prime because we've got the life experience behind us. Exactly. And, and that's why I feel like I, I'm just getting started doing what I'm doing and I'm not going to stop doing it because I'm I find something different each year about my business that I enjoy more. And I also have learned, again, this is maybe during pandemic and maybe during social media, um, that the community of my demographic of people that are, I would say majority of my demographic is middle-aged women. You know, we're, we're all in this sort of, you know, second chapter or whatever we're in, but we're all relating to where we are in life. And we're all pretty comfortable where we are in life, which is the best part. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Because I think for so many years, women were told, well, hey, you're over the hill. And when in, men in middle age were just in their prime and trying to attract younger women many times, even though they're going through a midlife crisis, don't want to admit it, you could see that kind of evolution. Would you say that sexism is on its way out? I sure hope it is. Um, I, I wouldn't say that in terms of the comedy business. I mean, it's still primarily male dominated in terms of what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, there's still, there are more and more female comics now than there ha ever have been, but it's still a majority of, of guys and, um, it, it, sexism, it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, it's that, you know, I know when I first started again, when I was 40, mm -hmm. I came from, a, you know, a trial practice, a law office where everybody was on their, you know, best behavior in terms of sexism and in politically correctness. And then I went to, a comedy club where I was told, um, well, tits can't close my show. And that was told to me. And I, I just remember that wow. statement was made to me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. 
I just couldn't believe a someone said those words out loud in that day and yeah. age, right? I'm like, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It took me wow. a minute. I was like, really? Okay, this is a new business I have just joined, and um, again, didn't intimidate me. I'm like, okay, so what I found, which what most women, smart women do is you just have to find another avenue, which is not, not where that place was. I found it other places that booked me as a headliner. So, yeah. um, yeah. but no, I would, I would say it's, it's not gone. You just have to maneuver around a little bit sneakier. Women are good at being innovative. Well, just the process of raising children you have to anticipate things all the time because children can move on a dime and you have to anticipate okay where are they going so i think maybe from that aspect we have the ability to do that we can adapt yeah um and the fact that you persevered you didn't let that stop you is really commendable well and again had i been 20 or 25 or maybe yeah. even 30 it probably would have upset me it didn't upset me at all i was just like and it, it honestly didn't make me mad. It made me laugh. I'm like, wow, okay, well, this is different. And let me just figure out my path around it. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, had I been 20 or 25, I probably, I probably would have been upset or, or, or angry. And I think you get to a certain point in life, you're like, oh, I'm not going to waste my emotional you know, energy on mm -hmm. somebody that's going to say something like that to me. Uh, I'll just, I'll just find another way. No big deal. See you later, dude. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Laughter is so important to get through life, and comedian Karen Morgan is an expert at it. She resonates with so many people because she has a quirky and funny take on shared life experiences. Her clean comedy is totally relatable. She's also had her share of obstacles on her road to fame in a male-dominated profession, but she's been able to innovate and work around that. We're learning more about her journey. So Karen, what inspired you to become a comedian? Did you basically get your first break when you were a finalist on Nickelodeon? Yes, that was my that was the original thing. I actually just I took a workshop, a comedy workshop here in Portland, Maine, um, taught by my good friend Tim Farrell. And um, that was my first ever doing stand up. And he um, at the time they were they were having Nickelodeon search for the funniest mom in America when I graduated from my little workshop thing. And he was like, hey, you know, you want me to send your tape in? Do you? Because at the time I had very small children and all of my material was related to being a, a mother. Mm -hmm. And um, so he sent my tape in and over a thousand people sent in tapes. They narrowed it down to 25. We went to New York and then they narrowed that 25 one down to 14 we went back to new york and then finally they narrowed it down to seven so that was my very first experience of really even doing stand-up and it was great i met a couple of really great 
women uh, um, that's the group of seven we kind of spent the week together and went around new york and did different comedy clubs and i ended up touring some theaters and performing arts centers with two of the moms that i met there and uh, we toured for five years after that so that's when i kind of found out hey there's another industry here um, related to stand-up comedy that's not necessarily comedy clubs which is, you know, to me, sort of a, you know, it's it's dirtier, it's rowdier. It's, it yeah. doesn't mean it's not funny, but it's a different culture. Right. But we toured in these performing arts centers and theaters where people are dressed up and they've been to dinner and they're happy to spend a little more money on a ticket and they appreciate clean comedy. And yeah. so by touring those five years, I also was the producer of the show. I learned kind of the ins and outs of it. And so I've been kind of doing that ever since. Oh, very cool. Being a producer mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. That's got to be challenging. Well, it's, you know, like anything, you can figure it out. I think all women are smart enough. That's kind of what we do. You're like, well, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this, but hey, somebody else has done it. I'm going to figure it out too. I think that we are all, as you said, we, we persevere and we're all very, we, we can dig, <laughs> pull up our boots on our, our bootstraps and figure out how to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I think women don't get stuck in a rut. Um, yeah. Well, I can't say a blanket statement. Some, some do, but those who want to persevere, they figure a way, okay, do I need a tow truck to get out of this ditch? What do I need to do? Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I, I do think, I think we are unique problem solvers. We, we're, nobody's going to throw their hands up and go, oh, we, let's just give up. We can't figure it out. No, we, we, you figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd heard that a woman's brain actually, we think of a lot of things all at once, whereas men don't necessarily do that. <laughs> well, I think we have 10 lists in our heads uh -huh. versus one list. In, yeah, I agree with that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been told my brain's so scary. You don't want to go in there alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen, how did this all evolve? You said you, you were a finalist on Nickelodeon. I mean, it sounds like it all took off from there. That had to have been just a whirlwind. It, it was pretty fast. I mean, like I said, we, we, I toured for five years. This, that show was called mama's night out and we toured for five years. And then at some point though, you know, my kids were getting older and starting to do sports and starting to do things like that. And I was like, you know what? I, I left the practice of law to spend time with my kids and now I'm leaving my kids to do comedy. So after those five years, I kind of took some time off the road and came back to, you know, more local shows. I still did national shows, but I wasn't like on tour all the time, gone every single weekend, which, mm -hmm. you know, my kids were ski racers growing up and, you know, all their ski events were on the weekends. And I quite honestly didn't want to miss all that. And I'm glad I did it. So, um, but I still did a lot of local shows, a lot of, you know, headlining shows, but just not as much travel nationally. Okay. And, um, then my kids, my youngest was graduating high school class of 2020. So ironically, that was the year I was going to go back out with a full touring schedule and everything got shut down. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. That hurts so many performers. I mean, it was just the strangest thing. Yeah, it was, you know, it, again, though, it was a collective experience that no one no one did not experience. We all experienced it. So um, it's just another, another example of, okay, 
this isn't happening. How can I, what can I do now? How can I shift gears? What can I do to do something different? Mm -hmm. And that's when everybody discovered zoom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I did, sadly, I did a lot of zoom comedy shows for a lot of, you know, corporate meetings and things like that. I, I, I don't ever want to go back to doing zoom comedy shows. I will tell yeah. you that. That's got to be challenging because when you're on stage as a comedian, you really have to get a feel for the audience, don't you? Well, you get an energy exchange from from an audience and, you know, you do get a back and forth. You can see people nodding. You can see people actually, you know, engaged in what you're doing. And when you're on a Zoom screen, even if even when you can hear their their sometimes they don't have on their their microphones. Sometimes you can't see them. So you don't know what's happening. You don't even know if they're enjoying it. You don't even know if they're in the room. But you, you know, you've contracted to do this job. So I would just sort of get through the shows and you, it's just not the same as being in person. It's just you can't even compare the two. No, I would think that when you're up there and you're, you're telling a joke, that facial expression, you're getting a vibe off the audience and you can tell maybe I need to change my direction in the next joke. Because I, I, I don't know how a comedian thinks if you're always thinking a step ahead or how it evolves, because obviously you never want to bomb on stage. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, and and there was a few shows that when, when we first came back, everyone had masks on. So um, yeah. that, again, you can see the people and you can see their eyes and you think they're smiling and they probably are, but you, and you can hear, but you, there's something about visually seeing someone laugh. Or as I said, it, it, when I know that people are with me with, with they're with a subject matter that I'm talking about, um, I, I'm, I know they're on board and it's really hard without being a person, seeing someone's full face yeah. and hearing them to know if they're on board or not. I think that was the first time that people really realized how visual we are in terms of communications. Yes. I mean, it was, frankly, you know, it was weird. You, you go to a store, you've got a mask on, you're smiling at somebody and you're realizing they can't see me. I'm, I'm smiling at them. <laughs> right, I mean, right, right, they right. Are. But for all you know, they could be sticking their tongue out at you. Uh, right. and, <laughs> you have no clue. Yeah, you just don't you just don't know. So anyway, thankfully, it was short lived. <laughs> We've gone yeah. back to real life again. Yeah. So what are you doing now? Um, now I'm back to touring. I actually I took July off because I am an open water swimmer and I had like four swim races to do. So oh, I took cool. July off and then August I'm doing shows. I live in Maine, so I'm doing local shows to New England that I can drive to. And then starting in September, I'm back to national national shows where I have to get on airplanes and go <laughs> go places. But okay. um, so and then during during the pandemic, you know, we my, I sort of learned TikTok and I learned Instagram reels and Facebook reels and all those things that we do. So I do all my own social media. So that takes up quite a bit of time. Oh, and yeah. um, but I but I enjoy it. I really do enjoy that part because, like I said, you can engage with your actual audience, you know, and if, if anybody sends me a DM, I answer it. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have people for that. And I, and I want to talk to people that are, you know, interested. So um, that takes up a lot of time, but it's, it's been well worth it because when I go to shows, you know, far away, it, people come and they're like, Oh, we've been following you since the pandemic, which is really, really cool to me. Yeah. The internet does bring people together from all yeah. over the world. That's one cool thing about it. And interacting with your fans, you can kind of get a feel for maybe some of their likes and dislikes too. Oh, sure. Well, and 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 I'm always reminded. You know, I do. A, I'm doing a a one woman show on growing up Gen X and this nostalgia stuff that we all have as a, a certain age. 
Um, and, and people remind me all the time, remember so-and-so that I have forgotten, you know, so I'll, I'll incorporate some things that I, that I truly had forgotten about, or I learned something new or, you know, that may have, have happened in a, a region of the country that I didn't grow up in during that time frame. So you, you're, you're always learning. And it's, again, it's just a human experience and a, and a community that's built upon sort of shared humor. Is the age group primarily Gen Xers that come to your show? Or do you have people that are younger than that who get a perspective of, gee, this is what my mom went through? <laughs> well, <laughs> what's nice is when I get the Gen Xers and their and their kids, because mm -hmm. I, I have Gen Zers and um, I know I was at a show in Chicago in March and it was a big group of moms and daughters. And it was lovely because the moms were my age and the daughters were all my kids age. And, um, and the, but I, ironically, the daughters were the ones who found me during COVID on TikTok and brought their moms to the show. So it's, oh, cool. it, yeah, it's really, but that primarily, cool. primarily my show is, is, is Gen Xers, boomers, you know, younger boomers, Gen Jonesers mm -hmm. and, um, and their spouses. So what are some of the comments from Gen Zers or Gen Zennials when they hear some of the stuff you're talking about? What do they think of shag carpet? I mean, I thought it was the nastiest stuff that ever really existed. <laughs> I, I think most of them don't even know. They don't know what it was. And, uh -huh. you know, they're, they, they're not really concerned by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, whoever thought they had to have been designed by a man. Who it was a good, I mean, who could think it was a good idea to have to rake the carpet? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I did find, I found an old, I did a show last summer that was multimedia that I was able to do um, some images on the screen behind me. And one of them was a, a real shag carpet advertisement from a magazine. And it was like, uh, you know, so it comes with a rake and get one for your friend. You know, I'm like, what kind of friend are you to get, <laughs> get your friend a shag carpet rake? That's a terrible friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like buying somebody a shovel or something. <laughs> Here, want some work? Well, well, you have to vacuum it, then you have to rake it. It's like, yeah, I want all this work. Not. <laughs> well, especially today, I think a lot of people are going for more hardwood floors and rugs. You know, just easier to deal with. Sure. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with comedian Karen Morgan, who's hysterically funny with all of her Gen Xer perspectives on life. She has two comedy specials on Dry Bar Comedy, and she tours the country in performing arts centers, entertaining multiple generations. She's got some great insight. So what are your perspectives as a woman and how you've evolved? What kind of inspiration can you share with our listeners who may be thinking about doing comedy or just venturing out and trying something new? 
I, I think the biggest piece of advice I have is again, having started at age 40 is that first of all, it's never too late. You're never too old. It, you know, it is always time to do something new and it's for yourself and to, to go out there boldly and not, not worry about what other people think. And I think the older we get as women, we are less concerned with other people's opinions, which I think is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. I was going to say there's freedom in that. Yes. There's absolute yes. freedom and not worrying about what people think and or their, their opinions. Yeah. And I think that people, well, with social media, it can be so judgmental. You know, I, I see the, the most ridiculous conversations going on quite often on Facebook. It's like, really? Yeah. People can be just downright nasty. They say stuff on social media that they would never say in person because they'd be afraid they'd be missing a tooth or something, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think people do hide behind a keyboard. And the oh. key to is if anyone, you know, has social media like y'all or like me, that you, you can't worry about those people either. You know, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I quick, I'm a quick block delete person. Um, I don't let those comments seep into my you know, soul <laughs> in any way. Sure. Yeah. And again, like the guy that was ugly to me as, is a you know, male comedy booker back in the day had, I, if I was 25, would I feel the same way? Probably not, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm almost 60. I don't care what these people, if somebody's going to say nasty things that, as you said, they wouldn't say it to your face. Right. So don't give them your emotional energy by letting it upset you. Cause you know, they've, they've already moved on with their day. Trust me. Yeah, I think, I think in your 20s, when you encounter people like that, you can be shocked and ticked off. As you get some age and experience, you realize the person's just a moron. It's like, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. moving on here. You know, yes. it's my, uh, my energy. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of women, there's still women who question themselves. And if they're surrounded by people in their life, quite often, I think if they don't have the support system, they may have a dream, but they're going to be hearing, oh, you can't do that. What are you nuts? Right. And and then that's when you find you're not with the right people. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have a different group of people around you. Because I do find that whether I'm with my swim friends or my biking friends or my comedy friends that are that are women, um, everyone's super supportive, you know, in, in my age group, nobody is, nobody's tearing each other down. Everybody's supporting each other. So, um, again, if, if you've got people around the right people around you, um, you stick with them. And if you've got people that are telling you, you can't do anything or you can't do something, you didn't, you need some different people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are emotional vultures out there, vampires who can just drain the lifeblood out of you and, or they're just negative Nellies. Yeah. It's like, uh, wow, who peed in your Wheaties, you know, <laughs> type of thing. It's, yeah. it's just really, I agree, being around the right energy, the right perspective, because really, when you think about it, that's what life's about. It's not yeah. to be, life will throw you some terrible boulders and, and obstacles. But I think what helps us survive is having a support system that's positive. And being yeah. able to look at the positive. And of course, Karen, that's where somebody like you, I think you can bring people out of their doldrums when they go to your show. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's why I'm still doing this and why I will always do it. I, I, my favorite part of the whole show is in the lobby after the show, when I get to greet everybody and, and I, I, I want to talk and hug and meet everybody that came. And it's super, super important to me that I'm able to do that. That's gotta be so gratifying 
to have people come up and say, you know, I really, I really like you. I mean, we all want that kind of recognition, but it's got to make you feel so good that you're making an impact too. Oh, no. Well, it, it makes it, I always tell people, you know, the, the traveling is the only thing about comedy that's not fun, you know, and travel. And a lot of people have to travel for their jobs and it, it's, it's just not, not as glamorous as it used to be, but the travel's always worth it when I get to do a show and meet people. And, um, you know, and I get a kick out of, I always tell people, I don't per- write any comedy that I don't find amusing or, or that didn't happen to me. My, my stuff is pretty much based in a truth. I'm not an actress mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and I quite honestly don't want to be famous. What I want is for people to be able to relate to what I'm talking about and, and, and enjoy it. And sort cause I find some of this stuff hilarious. And if somebody finds it hilarious with me, it's just a bonus. Just traveling has mm. got to be hilarious. I mean, any, <laughs> I don't know. Today. I don't know about call it hilarious, but yeah. I, you know, uh, there's all, I, I'm an observer of people and I'm always, I always get some observations, but travel mm. itself these days is, 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 is a whole separate job. It was oh, back man. in the day, but it's, it's definitely a little harder now. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and is it my imagination are planes, smaller or they're cramming more people in the planes because it doesn't seem like you have the leg room you used to have i think i think both <laughs> you definitely don't want to have a window you want an aisle seat just so you can stretch a little bit yes 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 i've kind of coined the term that it's kind of like flying greyhound now well and you see these little girls and mostly little girls and i say little girls in the terms of you know younger younger women wearing their pajamas at the airport and when That's the, and they've got their their pillows around their necks. I mean, it's not a pajama party. It's just, it's, you know, air travel, be respectful, mm-hmm. but you know, it, people are people and it's uh, society has changed. I think a little bit differently since the pandemic, I feel like people are less patient. Um, yes. I also feel like, and, and I, I really do feel badly for the people that work for airlines and any sort of transportation, they're understaffed and they're overworked. And so yeah, it's hard on true. them too. So, you know, I always, before interacting with anyone to say, Hey, what kind of person, what kind of day is this person having? Let's be kind. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's, it's just a different, different day and age. And I try to put my earphones in and I certainly don't tell people what I do for a living. I, I kind of disappear into the woodwork. Yeah. I would imagine when you say you're a comedian, somebody's going to say, Hey, say something funny. Yeah. That's why I don't tell anybody what I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because I don't know how long it takes to come up with a funny bit. And some jokes can be spontaneous, I would imagine, but I would imagine it takes a little bit of work to put together your, your whole show. So, yeah, well, my, my show is, is, is really based on observation of life experience. So it's, it's not a setup punchline, knock, knock joke kind of comedy style. There are many comedians who have that and they're great at it, but that's not me. I'm, I'm, I come from a Southern storytelling background. So mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be observed first. It'll be written next. And so, you know, it definitely takes some time. It's not something that I, you know, now I may have a comedy bit that I'm doing on stage and I I audio record everything when I'm on stage in case something, in case I come up with a line that, you know, I didn't write to begin with. Sometimes that happens in a spontaneous moment, but I would never go on stage and just throw something off the cuff. You know, I, that's not how I work. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine it'd be kind of scary when you're trying out a, a whole new routine on an audience. And uh, you probably get into kind of a 
a routine of your own, don't you, in terms of the timing and well, you do, and you you work you work material over or literally over the course of months and years, and when you come up with new stuff, you put the new stuff kind of sandwich it in with the old stuff. So it's not like you're going to do a whole new hour, you know that that really does not happen. Sure. So you kind of I I rotate in, uh, new material in and rotate old stuff out, and usually I get bored with some bits and like oh, I'm tired of doing this when I've done this forever. But then I'll get to a show and people will say, "Oh, you didn't do the so and so thing," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm just." <laughs> I'm tired of that one, but it's, you have to, you have to do the new stuff kind of with, within the old stuff. Sure. But you probably do have people that like a certain routine that you have. Yeah. They kind of yeah. expect it, don't they? Yeah. My friend, uh, Nancy Witter that I toured with for a very long time, always used to, she said, sometimes they want the greatest hits, you know, it's like going to a concert and you know you want the eagles to play hotel california because that's what you know so yeah. sometimes you need to and then sometimes it's like well okay this show i i'm not going to do the the hits i'm going to do this new stuff that might work better otherwise you just do the same routine all the time it's different than playing songs you probably have to have some jokes in your spare pocket too depending on the audience don't you yeah. And that, again it depends on the i always try to find out particularly if i'm doing a corporate show um, you know, who's going to be there? What type of employees are there? Are their spouses going to be there too? Is this an after dinner event or during the day event? Um, so I can kind of get, get an idea of what I think they're looking for. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I get there and it's not, exi- not at all what I thought it was going to be. And so then you got to, you have to have enough material to be able to, you know, pivot when you need to. That's really what life's about. And I think that that's kind of what our show tries to share with women the ability to pivot, to survive, yes. to yeah. thrive and comedy. That's got to be a lot of fun. You it's really... super fun. Yeah. You're bringing people happiness. What a great gig. Well, it is. And, and, and in the in the process, I'm bringing myself happiness. <laughs> so like I said, I if I won't write something unless I find it to be something funny. I won't write a joke saying, hey, I'm going to be doing a show for this group of, you know, doctors. Let me write a doctor joke. Well, if I have a personal experience about going to the doctor that I find funny, I'll do it. But I'm not going to create something just because an audience, I feel like an audience, you know, those people would want to hear it. Sure. And um, again, life itself is funny enough. You, you don't have to try that hard. So true. When you look, there's something funny really every day if you really are looking for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is true. I laugh at myself a lot, too. Well, that's the first person we all should laugh at every day. I mean, truly. And and um, you can't I don't think any you cannot be a successful comic without being self-deprecating because it just comes across. You've got to be able to say, hey, you know, I, I'm as I'm a goofball and and here's what I did today. And here's why it's funny, because it gives it gives your audience permission to say, oh, we're goofballs, too. You know, it again, okay. it's a shared experience. Growing up, uh, my mom, uh, I think I was 13 and like our life was really rough and tough and like it was just hard. And I was asking my mom, I said, you know, like, why is life so hard? And she says, well, honey, <clears throat> life is going to be full of, you know, hills and valleys. But she said, here's here's the key. And <laughs> she, turned, she turned, shows me this little old lady that was walking down the street right in front of us. And this woman, her face looked like a, a, a wilted apple, you know, like that's it's been in the sun too long, like really full of wrinkles and like hard and 
like this 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 person was so miserable and like even her mouth was a upside down line you know like a frown and um she said if you don't learn to laugh at life's hills and valleys and what throw what life is going to throw at you you're going to look you're going to die a crispy old woman and look just like that mm-hmm. and it was so traumatizing yeah. to me at the time I'm thinking oh my god like I, I do not <laughs> want to look like that like it's just it was just like the the worst possible scenario and I'm like okay okay mom I promise I'll learn to laugh at life and you yeah. know what it, it laughter saved my life it honestly it has I've been to hell and back. I don't know how many times. And if I did not have that sense of, uh, you know, I don't have to hell with it and just crack a joke here and there yeah. um, and, and make the whole environment laugh. Well, it, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the energy. It, it's yeah. healing. It's uplifting. It's yeah. It lightens the load. <laughs> yes. Honestly. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and, and like you said, you have, you have a choice. Your mom gave you a good example because we, we have a choice every day. You know, you can go down that road and feel sorry for yourself or be happy or, I mean, be, be unhappy and be angry or, you know, figure out how to, how to, how to laugh at it and get and laughter greases the wheels. It really does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I learned something similar. My mom had said in terms of frowning, she said, don't frown. Your face is going to freeze that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and when you look at people, you could kind of tell if they've been unhappy. Oh yeah. You know, it's the expression that they have the most. It's like, and they yeah. may not necessarily be ornery, but people perceive them as such. And right. smiling is, is a much better thing. And I have heard when you smile, it actually improves your mood and it's good for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the, the, the facial muscles that you're using. Actually, when I see somebody that looks miserable or, or just like, you know, with a scowl, I, I make an extra effort to try and make them smile. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll go out of my way just to like, hey, man, you know, give a little poke, <laughs> something just to, yeah. to make him feel a little bit better or do something, you know, and because sometimes that's all a person needs. It's just that that extra care. Sure. Yeah. Knowing somebody cares. And I remember my mother also talking about Pollyanna playing the glad game. That's sometimes <laughs> that's kind of hard to do. But she was always I, I still remember the movie that I'd seen. She'd cheer up these really ordinary people. You know, they couldn't help but smile when Pollyanna was around, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's what comedy is about, too. It gives everybody an escape from all of the chaos of life. And and it sure feels like when we're listening to the media and all kinds of things going on, it's like you need a break. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Have something relatable that's fun and gets you into a different perspective. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. 
She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We're talking with comedian Karen Morgan. We've been discussing the importance of laughter and the ability to just take time to laugh at ourselves and learn to see the joy in life. That's certainly a lot of what comedy does for people. It's a break from life, and it's an endorphin release when you can just sit and laugh out loud. We need more of that. So, Karen, you said you're going to be embarking on a national tour? Well, I go back on the road in September in terms of going, you know, on airplanes. My my August shows are all in New England, near where I live, driving distance. And then starting in September, I go back on the road. So um, I, I just kind of I do shows all over the place. Sometimes I do shows with other people. I have a, a really good, very funny friend named Karen Mills, and she and I have a show called The Karens, which is super fun. Oh, how funny. And, the Karens. Um, the Karens. And so we do that. And so I, I also enjoy doing shows with other people because that's, it's also, it makes the traveling less gruesome when you oh, can travel with would. a friend. Yeah. Sure. So I bet you get razzed for the name Karen, don't you? Yeah, I do, but I ignore it. You know, again, it's like everything else, like, yep, yeah, whatever. That's, that's not me. So if you want to, mm-hmm. if, if you want, and Karen and I both have been, sort of embraced it like, well, okay, well, whatever. Let's just name, name our show, the Karens and go with it. So that's what we did. <laughs> I love it. Take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Ride the wave. Sure. Sure. I saw that you said that pickleball is like a deadly epidemic that's ravaging <laughs> a community and it must've been invented by a drunk person. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that was just a, a TikTok that I made actually during the pandemic. So someone was trying to talk me into, or right after the pandemic, and uh, someone tried to talk me into playing pickleball. I was a tennis player, and somebody said, "Oh, you love pickleball," and I'm I was I did not like pickleball, but some people like it. And again, I'm not going to rain on their parade because you know what? It, again, at this day and age, whatever it takes to get you out there and be active and be moving and be healthy. If you like pickleball, man, you, you go pickleball yourself. I, I just, it's not, it's just not for me. Is that in Canada, Kathy, pickleball? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I right. play it at work all the time. We have a, they built us a this ginormous gym and they have pickleball tournaments and yeah, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it could be pretty rough. I've never played it, but I, I know some people who have, so. So, Karen, do you have one thought of inspiration or what you would advise women on how to follow their dreams and do what you have done? I mean, maybe not necessarily be a comedian, but um, how they can find the inspiration. Well, I think, you know, what what I did in terms of. Again, I went to my comedy workshop not intending on becoming a professional comedian, which is what it led to. But I went to that comedy workshop 
primarily to give something to myself because I was a stay-at-home mom with three very busy, very small children and needed to have one, literally one night a week to myself. And so I, I think that's very important for women because we tend to be caretakers, whether we're mothers or, or sisters or wives or daughters, we're, we're caretaking those around us. And you do need to make sure you take time for yourself. And then if it's something where you're wanting to do something that's kind of scary, maybe it's going to try stand up. Maybe you're going to do an improv group. Maybe you're just going to take a photography class, you know, do one thing a day that scares you or one thing a week that scares you. Cause you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's going to lead to. So, you know, the, what's, I always go out with this too, is, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? you know, maybe the worst thing that can happen is you, you bomb a joke. It doesn't work. Well, did you catch on fire? No, you did not. <laughs> and you survived that and you tried something else the next day. Um, but it's really the most important thing is to give something to yourself, give, give yourself a gift, whether it's learning a new sport, whether it's learning a new craft or skill or learning how to just do something you've never tried before, like pickleball. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to go try something new, no matter what your age and no matter how much you feel like you've got to take care of people around you, you need to take care of yourself first. Give yourself permission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Where do people find you? Where do they get tickets to see where you're going to be touring and all of that, Karen? Sure. So my website is uh, karenmorgan.com. And all the shows and ticket links and all that are on that website. And if they want to find me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, it's all Karen Morgan comedy. But if you go to the website, which is KarenMorgan.com, it's got all those links there as well. And you're on Dry Bar Comedy as well? I have two Dry Bar specials, yes. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So there's no excuse. People should be able to see you <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah. I just follow me on Instagram and follow me on Facebook and um, I, I will write you back. I promise. Awesome. This has been fun, Karen. I really have enjoyed talking to you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And again, like I said, it's important for us to all support each other as, as women and know that we're, know that you're not alone. You've got, you've got some friends and community out there and you may not have found them yet. And if so, you will. Amen to that. I love that. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate y'all having me on today. And I, and I love what you're doing. It really it makes a difference. In if, even if you could just reach one person that, that, you know, feels alone or is afraid to take a step on something, just, just reaching that audience of one is all you need. We agree. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. Once again, don't forget to check out Karen's website so you can see where she's going to be performing across the country this year as well as next. Her website, again, is KarenMorgan.com. Be sure to check it out. And if you want to hear more episodes of Women Road Warriors or learn more about our show, be sure to check out WomenRoadWarriors.com. And please follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at sjohnson at womenroadwarriors.com. Mm -hmm.